Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning. Welcome to service here at First Parish in Concord, Massachusetts. My name is the Reverend Liz Weber, and I am the Minister for Pastoral Care here. Whether you have been coming to services here since we were in our building, or whether this is your first time here today, it's good to see you. Whether you're coming here from within Concord, from across Massachusetts, or across the country, or even the world, it is good to see you. Whether you are coming here as someone who is very young or very old, or somewhere in between, it is good to see you. Welcome to church. Welcome to worship. I invite you to continue to use the chat in our, uh, throughout our service today. You can just make sure that as you type into the chat, you're either typing to all panelists and attendees or typing to everyone, depending on whether you're using a tablet versus a phone or laptop, that might look different. But that way you'll make sure that your message is going out to everybody who is here today rather than just to me and the worship leaders. So I invite you to use the chat to say hello to each other, say hello and good morning to everybody. And we who are leading worship will take a moment to say good morning now. So I'm Liz, and I will hand off to folks um, in order on my screen. Amy, you're first. Would you like to say hello? Good morning. I've been saying hello to many of you in the chat. And yeah. I, I wish I could reach out and shake your hand. I'm really glad that you're here this morning. It's good to be together. Amy, Reverend Amy Friedman is our Minister for Religious Education. And Beth, would you like to say hi? Hi, I'm Beth Norton. I'm the Director of Music Ministry here at First Parish. And I'm happy to welcome Mary Jane Rupert, who you saw playing the organ um, during the prelude. She'll be playing more for us. She's our guest organist for much of this month. It's always great to see your names pop up in the chat. And I'm so delighted to be with you this morning. And how about Sarah? Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Sarah Ritchie is one of our two tech folks who have come on board in the past couple months. Our call to worship this morning is called Deeper by Amanda Budis Kessler. We would go deeper. We would become the selves we cannot even imagine today. We would become courageous. We would grow to delight in congregations filled with different perspectives. We would know unutterable joy. We would be filled with gratitude. May we go deeper. May our time together open our hearts and sharpen our minds. May our learning know no end. May we find the sacred within and around us. May we see the beauty in each other's faces. May we find our way to the depth of our being and there know holiness. Let us worship and let us deepen together. Good morning. We will start our morning by singing Woyaya. Woyaya is a word in uh, the Ga language of Ghana, which means we are going or we keep going. The words will appear on your screen and I invite you to sing along with me. Woyaya. Yeah. 
have a chalice this morning, I invite you, or um, a candle of any sort, I invite you to light it as we kindle our flames now. We've been talking this month about persistence. We're going to be persisting in persistence all month long. And so we light our flame, and I'm hoping my match will persist. There it goes. We light our flame this morning to honor the persistence that has brought us thus far on our journey, that has brought us into community, that has brought us into the presence of the sacred and one another. So it is time for our children's message. And I want to say up front that even though this message, this moment is especially for our children, I'm really talking to everyone in the congregation and throughout our Zoom services, but especially over the summer, we've been thinking of the whole service as the whole message. So where you might usually look to a sermon, we're doing shorter homilies, but I'm thinking this month about everything from the children's message through the time when we all enter our responses to our common question into the chat, I'm thinking of that whole section as being like a sermon. So I invite everybody to, to listen that way as well. And so this month we've, we're talking about persistence, and, let, and which is the ability to just keep going when things get hard. And last week we talked about what's our spirituality what's in our hearts, how we connect with a sense of something greater than ourselves. This week, we're going to be talking also about some of our inner resilience that helps us be persistent when we need to. But I want to start us off by talking about um, what happens sometimes that makes us want to give up. One of the things that can make us want to give up is when we get really amped up, like, ah! Or sometimes if we feel really kind of disconnected and sluggish, like, ugh. And we just either way can feel ready to give up. And these, these feelings can come up, especially if we get scared, if we're panicked about something, um, if we're anxious about something. That feeling of our hearts racing and just feeling really amped up or feeling kind of just like, I, I can't, I don't, I just. And so I want to start us off by talking about ways to feel better and to get more grounded. There are three ways in particular that I invite you to try out right now. There's some of the most, uh, there's some great ways and most of us will have one of these three ways that feels like, oh yeah, that one's mine. So as we try them each out, I invite you just to notice how it feels in your body to do each one. I invite you to notice if you feel like, oh, I like this. This feels good. Or if you feel like, mm, this isn't really doing much for me or something in between. And there may be one that you feel like, oh, this one's not for me, and that's okay. So the first approach is to do some deep breathing. You want to sit in a way that feels comfortable, but feels connected to, um, to the ground especially. So maybe putting your feet flat on the floor, maybe just resting your hands on top of your thighs or in your lap, but in a way that you can Feel your hands connecting into your lap, connecting down through your legs to the floor. 
I feel your your energy just drawing down as you notice that. And then take a few deeper breaths. You don't want to force it, but just letting your breath sort of soften and become a little bit longer all on its own if you can. I know for some of us who have asthma or other long things that can be challenging, so don't force it. But just breathing in, and you can close your eyes if that feels good. Breathing out. And in. And out. Breathing in, noticing how it feels. And breathing out. Take a few more breaths just on your own. Notice how your body feels. Notice how your heart and your mind and your spirit, notice how you feel. And then open your eyes if they were closed. You can give a little wiggle if that feels good. Stretch if you want. So that's one way of getting more grounded that breathing. The second one is called containment. And the idea is to help your body feel like it's got a good hug, good little safe space around it. So you, the idea is to, to just bring some touch and some pressure to your body. You can start by hugging yourself, crossing your arms over, and just squeezing a little bit. You can Bring your legs up and curl into a little ball with your arms around your shins, if that's comfortable. Or you can just sort of place your hands. I'm bringing mine down my belly and hips and knees to sort of remind your body of where it starts and ends. And see if that pressure feels good. If you're someone who likes um, a weighted blanket or those uh, lead vests when you get x-rays at the dentist, then you might be someone who likes the sense of containment. So just noticing how your body feels. If it feels like a nice hug or if it feels like you're trapped or just noticing how you feel right now. And then you can give a little wiggle or a stretch to come back and reset from that from that exercise. The third one is called orienting. And this one, um, you want to get yourself oriented in space. Remind yourself of where you are. So you start just looking around where you are. You want to look a little bit slowly. So if you go too fast, everything just blurs past. But just noticing what's in your room, or if you're outside, noticing the trees and what's around you. You can either name the things you see, like I see a white wall, I see a picture hanging up, or you can just notice them without naming. Try both of those and see if one of them feels good. And you want to make sure to look behind you, too. That's part of orienting. Noticing what's above, what's below, where you are in space. All right. And then coming on back to your screen, if you're on a screen, and a little wiggle or a stretch to come back to neutral that one. 
so I wonder from deep breathing and containment and orienting, I wonder if there was one that you liked best. If there were a couple or you're not sure, you can keep trying them out all on your own. But for now, let's just pick, pick the one or a one that you want to reinforce and just take a minute to do that one again. For me, I really like that hug of containment. For you, it might be breathing or orienting, but just take a minute to pick one and do that. And notice how your body feels. And the great thing about these that you can use them at any time. You can make them really big. You can also make them really small, like you can just hold your hand or you can take deep breaths without closing your eyes or look around just with your eyes. And you can make them really subtle so that only you know that you're doing them. And you can use them anytime you want to or anytime you need to. You can even keep doing them right now as we sing together if you'd like. You sing with me. The words are breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Our reading is from Carrie Newcomer, who is a Quaker folk singer and songwriter from Indiana, but who also writes poetry. This poem is called, When I Most Want to Rush. When I most want to rush, it's time to slow down. I'm not saying I give up or stop it means living this and then that, breathing into one true thing and then the next. I can drink from a fire hose that keeps drenching me down without quenching my thirst. Or I can taste one drop of honey, let it rest on my tongue with singular pleasure closing my eyes until it is gone. What might happen if I stopped pressing the forward button, stopped trying to get to the epilogue before I sit 
with the middle chapters. Even though the middle parts can be hard, filled with what ifs and what thens and I don't know why. Maybe I'm ready to be right where I am. Breathe where I am. But mostly love what I find there. Or I've simply lost interest in runaway trains. Either way, what I notice is that when I most want to rush, it's time to slow down. I want to help us think about how our inner resilience can help us to be persistent. Part of that inner resilience is our spirituality, those beliefs and networks of community and spiritual practice with something greater than ourselves that connect us with wonder and awe and spirit and love. And part of our inner resilience is what we do when things get really hard. I'm talking about those moments when we are so freaked out that we go into fight and flight and freeze, fight, flight, freeze mode. You've probably heard that language or at least fight or flight mode. It's something that happens to everyone. When our brains get scared, when our bodies get scared, it's natural to go into fight, flight, or freeze. We all have one that we tend to go to, but it depends a little bit too on what the context is and what's going on. This response of, oh my God, something terrible is happening. I have to fight back, or I have to run away, or just freezing and not being able to do anything, this response is normal and it's more than just our feelings. It's hardwired into our nervous system. You probably don't think too often about your brain being like your fist, but it turns out our brains are a bit like our fist. So if you put your thumb up front and center and wrap your fingers over it and then turn it, that your thumb is facing you, that's a pretty good model of our brain. This will be better. We have the thumb part of our brain is that connects down in the brain stem to our spinal cord. That's part of our central nervous system, and that is the oldest, most ancient part of our brain. Sometimes it gets called our lizard brain. It's in charge of our instincts. It's always watching for danger, and its biggest job is to keep us safe. Now, this is a little oversimplified, but you can think about your fingers then wrapping around on top being our mammalian, our newer, more evolved brain that can not just react and not just feel even, but think and make decisions. It's where we do our planning. It's where language lives. It's where we realize, oh, I've been here before. I don't need to be quite so scared of this. I know what to do. And these two parts of our brain, um, the thinking brain can help the lizard brain out. But if the lizard brain gets really scared, it takes over. And then what happens is that we flip our lid, our brain goes, ah! And the lizard brain is the brain that's there. Our thinking brain goes offline and the lizard brain is in charge. That's when we go into fight, flight, or freeze. When we can't think and all the blood rushes into our limbs so that we can run away or fight back, our heart races, we can feel either really amped up or really sluggish and foggy. 
thankfully, we have the power to get our thinking brain back online. When we flip our lid, we have tools we can use to help it come, our thinking brain come back to get back to our neutral. Part of that is what we talk about in our children's message, those grounding techniques of breathing, of giving ourselves some containment, of orienting to where we are. Those tools help our thinking brain come back. It helps also our central nervous system, our lizard brain, to re-regulate and calm down. Even before that, there are some very, very basic things that help. One is to just take a break. Do what you can to get away from the situation that is making things so hard. The other is to drink some water. Um, those of you who are often on Facebook might see a meme that goes around once in a while that says, if you're having a hard day, go outside in the sunshine and take a drink of water. We are basically houseplants with some more complicated layers. Another thing that can help is to safely follow that fight or flight impulse. If you are feeling jittery, then go ahead and move around. If you want to hit something, go ahead and punch a pillow. If you want to run away, go for a jog. Do some jumping jacks, have a dance party. If you're feeling really sluggish though, gentle movement is going to be better because when you're frozen, you wanna have a gentle, gradual coming back into moving. So maybe some stretching or a slow, gentle walk. Once you feel like you've got that initial foot coming a little bit back, and you feel like you can start to think again, then your thinking brain can help you reassure your lizard brain. So some things that help with that are things like telling the story of what happened, even just to yourself or in your journal, but also to a friend or a family member or say one of your ministers. Tell the story of what happened, use language on purpose, to help you, um, to help your, your thinking language brain get back in the game. Creativity also really helps. Playing a game, making some art. Those are all some ways that we can support our inner resilience. This fight, flight, and freeze, this flipping our lid, um, this all comes from trauma theory which in the last five or 10 years, people who are experts have discovered more and more that trauma doesn't just mean great big things that happen to us or happen to some people like going to war or being in a terrible, terrible accident. Trauma is something that can happen every day in really small ways. And it shows up when we flip our lid. And then the amazing thing is that our bodies and brains are really resilient. And whether in those big scale events or in those small scale events, we have these tools to help ourselves come back, to help ourselves get grounded again. And then a super amazing thing is that the more we do it, the easier it becomes. Because our brains and our bodies are smart and they learn. And so we can develop the habit of resilience. And it doesn't just work for us as individuals. It works in groups. We are connected in this interdependent web. And if you and I are having a conversation and one of us starts to get ungrounded, if the other can stay more grounded, it helps the person whose lid is flipping to come back to that grounded state. It works in bigger groups too. Think about if you ever have been in a committee, group, a committee meeting or a class where there was a fight happening. 
a conflict that just didn't feel like healthy discussion, but felt like everyone was sort of reaching their limit. Um, or maybe it's easier in this COVID-19 days to think about that happening with your family. When everybody's kind of reaching their limit, you might be reaching that fight, flight, or freeze moment as a group. But it can look different than it does as an individual. So that fighting might be, we've stopped to think, we've stopped thinking about what we're talking about, and we're just kind of taking issue with each other because it's what we do. Flight might mean getting really off topic or all of the what ifs or here's why we can't do the thing. And freezing might mean just hitting a wall of no longer being present with each other. So just as we have these tools for ourselves individually, we have them for our groups too. We can take a break, literally taking a break from the discussion, but also things like staying in the room and taking a breath together or singing. We can slow down, like Carrie Newcomer suggests, focusing on just one thing at a time. We can get creative. Remember that you've been through conflict before and you can do it again. Brainstorm without evaluating. Get into that creative what if in a good way side of your brain. And honor multiple perspectives without ignoring systems of oppression or power differentials. So isn't it amazing that we have these tools that we can use our own brains and bodies to help us regulate ourselves, to build our own resilience, and to build our resilience in a group. Maybe these tools of what, so I'm wondering what you do or what you would do when you flip your lid or when your group flips its lid. Maybe these tools that I've been talking about are familiar and you use them. Maybe they're new ideas. And for all of us, either way, sometimes they're available and sometimes they're not. So our question for, for the chat today is what do you do when you or your group flips its lid? And either noticing your habit of, oh, this is what I usually do, or, oh, this is what I do when things are going well and I can tap into the resilience. Either way, I invite you to tap, type your response into our chat.
So you have shared a variety of responses. When you or your group flips its lid, some of the things that we do are change the subject, be curious and patient with conflict. Curiosity is a very good tool. Pause and think. Don't keep insisting on one way. Ask for a moment of silence. Change my tone of voice. Try to remember how I've gotten through past difficulties. Listen to what people are needing. Music and singing and breathing. Eat to calm myself. I have to resist the slight urge and force myself to stop and ask what's really going on and how to assist that. Use empathetic words with people in the group. Slow down, take a nap, write in my journal. Make jokes, take a walk with my dog. Getting creative, what if? Leave the room and slowly walk around the house, seeing. Sit quietly, looking at nature. Find something we all enjoy and focus on that for a bit. Humor, pause, breathe, detach, reboot. Ask myself, what if I really deeply loved this person right now? Loving kindness meditation. It's a beautiful way to weave together your spiritual practice and that inner resilience. I invite you to keep um, thinking and feeling into what do you do, as well as what are some tools that you would like to use. And I invite us all to sing together. Thank you, Liz. The words to this chant are very simple. One breath at a time. It is enough to take one breath at a time. So sing along with me. The words will change a little bit as we go.
each week we gather to celebrate our community, to be together with each other in our joys. And this week, Jack Nevison and Nancy McJennett share that Susanna Nevison and her husband, David Butcher, had their first child, bringing baby Fiona as a new grandbaby into Nancy and Jack's life. Everyone is delighted and excited and all are doing fine. Jack and Nancy, we share in your joy and celebrate with you and your extended family. Each week, we come together in community to share in joy and to help each other in find, to find solace in times of need and grief. None of you have shared that you would like to have your, your losses um, shared by me on behalf of our community, but if you are in a time of loss or sadness, know that we are with you. And in any phase of life, we all hold others in our hearts. I invite you now to type, uh, sorry, just to say aloud the names of anyone who you are holding in your heart, who you would like us as a community to hold with you. Who are those on your heart today? Will you pray with me? Spirit of life, spirit of love and community and resilience, spirit of persistence, help us to remember that you are always with us. Today we celebrate with Jack and Nancy, we celebrate baby Fiona. May they know what a gift she is. May she feel herself, know herself to be a gift and beloved. May this family know that we are with them. Spirit of love, be with us in our joys and in our sorrows. Be with those who are grieving, those who are tired, those who are bored out of their minds after an umpteenth week of pandemic. Help us all to persevere when we need to persevere. May we remember that it is normal to flip our lid and that we have tools to help ourselves feel better. 
May we hold on to our spirituality and to our interconnectedness. Help us to live this and then that, breathing into one true thing and then the next. Help us to sit with the middle chapters, even though the middle parts can be hard, with their what ifs and what thens, and I don't know why. Help us to be right where we are, to breathe right where we are, to notice that when we most want to rush, it is time to slow down. Let us take a few moments now as we have slowed down to just breathe together right where we are. I said it last week and I'll say it again. This community has per, has been this community has persisted for almost 400 years. That's pretty amazing. And it's because of you all, because of the members and friends of First Parish who give generously of your time and talent and of your treasure. When we come together in community, we help each other be more resilient. We help each other persist in our daily lives as we go about each week. And to, right now, I invite you to help this community persist for another 400 years. We will greatly accept the offering now. I invite you to give by text. You can also give online um, on the First Parish website. And of course, you can always mail us a check you'd like to give by text, the number to text is up on your screen and will be in the chat. Have your credit card ready if this is your first time and um, the phone will automatically talk you through it. Thank you for what you give today.
Thank you, Mary Jane, for that beautiful offertory. We are coming close to the end of our service and I have a few invitations to offer to you. Um, we're here, of course, every Sunday morning on Zoom at 10 o'clock and we welcome you and bring friends and we welcome people from all over. It's wonderful to see names of people who are coming from quite far away as well as those who are right in the neighborhood. Um, the way you can stay abreast of all the things that are happening every week is to read the FP Weekly email that comes every week. Um, and also there's an RE message that comes every week. And if you're not reaching, getting either of those emails, um, you might check your spam folder, depending upon your, your email program, they sometimes will just send our email to the spam folder. So if you're not getting those messages, please do um, check those folders. Um, one of the things that you would find is a message about an event this afternoon for our high school youth. Um, this afternoon at 5.30, all high school teens are welcome to a youth group gathering. Um, it will be outside and everyone is asked to please wear a mask and bring a chair or a blanket so they can sit outside socially distanced. We cannot enter First Parish at this time. We can't enter the building, but it will be a chance to gather together in a safe way while maintaining appropriate distance. And Madsie Burnham and Laura Venesey look forward to seeing our high school youth this afternoon, if you can make it. Um, after the service today, we'll have our regular worship sharing circle, which is a structured time to um, gather with other folks and talk about the service and your impressions of it. Um, the, there will be a Zoom link in the chat that will lead you there after the service. And then I'm very happy to introduce Jim Hawks, the newest one of the newest members of our standing committee, was just elected this June, um, who has an invitation to offer. Jim? Hi, uh, this is Jim Hawks. I'm on the uh, First Parish Standing Committee, and um, I welcome you to uh, come to our um, service and uh, coffee hour. Thank you. And that uh, coffee hour invitation will also be in the Zoom. So just read carefully if you, if you want to be in the standing committee, uh, the standing committee sponsored gathering, there's a separate, a separate um, Zoom link for that. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love prevails in heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? This is one of the songs that grounds me. This is one of the songs that helps me to keep from flipping my lid. And I would like to invite you to sing it along with me right now. Um, my life flows on an endless song. See 
I invite you in a moment to either stay and chat with text or to jump over to the coffee hour Zoom with, um, with Jim or to jump over to the worship sharing circle if you'd like a more structured experience or just to go about your day. But no matter how you go, I leave you with these words from Catherine Butler Hathaway. She says, I invented this rule for myself to be applied to every decision I might have to make in the future. I would sort out all the arguments and see which belonged to fear and which to creativeness. And other things being equal, I would make the decision which had the larger number of creative reasons on its side. I think it must be a rule, something like this, that makes jonquils and crocuses come pushing through the cold mud. Friends, when you flip your lid, may you remember the tools you have to get grounded again. May you build your power to be resilient and to persistent and persistent. May you know yourself to be held in a mighty fierce love and an interconnected community. Slow down enough to taste the honey on your tongue and choose to grow up through the mud like the jonquils and crocuses. And let us say together the first parish benediction. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all beings. Thank you.